Hello, Trash Crusaders. Welcome to Save Trash Cinema, the podcast where exploitation and exploration come together. It is I, your guide through trash cinema, everyone's favorite dumpster boy, Cayman Darty. And on today's minisode, we're jumping back to 2002 when David Arquette still got acting gigs and when you could see Scarlett Johansson in trash cinema. When we cover the homage to supersized animal attack films, eight legged freaks but before we get into that let me introduce you to the two bastards joining me today wow first up the hostess with the mostest ass and dim jeans Mm. patrick swaggart i got this new pair of jeans uh that make my ass look great guys are they the perfect or what is it called the perfect jeans no these i uh i went to a little shop called madewell who now sells okay. men's, men's clothes yep, and they had these familiar. pair of jeans on sale because usually if you know Madewell, their jeans are like a thousand dollars. It's not, not really. It's like $150, which is fucking stupid for jeans in my opinion. But I got these jeans for like 40 bucks. So, okay. Do you guys, what you want to hear a fun anecdote real quick about Madewell? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to, so I, I dated this girl that used to be addicted to Madewell. And so after we split, I was using, I think it was like, bumble or some shit and i match with this girl who literally matches with me and says in her opening line stop did i used to see you come into madewell all the time with some chick <laughs> and i responded i was like yeah she was like cool just wondering and then unmatched me yeah next up we have the birthday boy himself and the reason why the minisode is happening today the producer seducer boston fucking mike what's up y'all yeah much appreciated that is uh that's tough news for your dumpster boy just got roasted on bumble right out of the madewell store i mean really more putting a, the more... dump in dumpster boy yes dude, i've been more dude, H&M guy the good news is i got married now i don't have to get onto a fucking dating app again but man let me tell you online dating with you or the dumpster boy was a fucking shit show because a sure. lot of times people would be like they like see a photo there. I think I had a photo on my dating profile of me standing behind, like in front of my movie collection. Oh, sure. And a lot of times people would be like, are those movies? And I'd be like, yeah. And then they just immediately unmatch me. Yeah. Apparently I... <laughs> not as cool. And le- like, if it was books, I don't know. Maybe if it was books, girls would be more attracted to that. Maybe. I don't know. I was, I was fortunate enough to meet my wife before, uh, online dating was really a thing other than like eHarmony on desktop like apps weren't a thing when i met rose and so thankfully i've never had to be on the apps but this weekend i was with a friend and we were going through their dating profile like looking at people that were like liking them or whatever shit's bleak out there y'all yeah Mm -hmm. i'm so glad I, i got to avoid all of this i'm so thankful You know, I will say, like, Sid and I met on Hinge, so I can't be... It was the only person I ever matched with on Hinge. (laughs) See, I feel like that's the story, though. I feel like that's the story. Like, you, Mike, like, it's like, it's just one. There's there's the one person out there, but it feels like it's really difficult to find the one unless you're really lucky. It sounds like... Shout out Kaylin. Kaylin and I actually go to uh, conferences around U.S. for Hinge, and we are the success story. Like we're on like really? pamphlets and stuff. No, not really. But well, that'd be really cool, like and I and I would do it. People. So um, <laughs> Hinge, reach out to my to my assistant. We'll book something. 
Yeah, you know, I truly believed you first. Hinge Hinge <laughs> wouldn't pick up my ugly ass. They'd be like, no, that that people would be like, no, only ugly people use Hinge. So it's good <laughs> you got Mike and Caitlin because like those are two attractive people. So you could put them on a pamphlet, not this ugly fucking face. Yeah, the, came, in, uh, came in was more of unhinged. It's like, hey, I'm single, but my life is in a spiral. I don't know what's going on. I have all these fucking movies behind me. I've I'm I'm three thousand dollars in debt because these DVDs were on sale. Yeah, DVDs. So uh, do you want to go out for? PBR? That's all I can afford. My sources tell me that a rep from Hinge reached out to Cayman and say, you will be the face of Hinge if you shave your mustache. And he said, get fucked. And get the door on the fucked. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. But enough talk about that. Let's do a little quick housekeeping, guys. We'd love it if you rate and reviewed the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget you can go on the show by submitting movie recommendations or by being a guest host by emailing us at savetrashcinema.gmail.com or you can DM us on all socials at savetrashcinema. Make sure to check out last week's episode when we celebrated the one-year anniversary of everyone's favorite trash cinema podcast. We covered some of our favorite films, best moments from year one, and then punished Patrick a little bit more by highlighting all the horrid things we forced him to say live on air. Trust me, this episode is the perfect starting point for new listeners and a great callback for everyone who's been with us since day one. We'll be continuing to release mini-sodes, crossover episodes, interviews, and even game shows. So keep your eyes peeled for some exciting content coming down the pipeline. And with that housekeeping done, why don't we jump into an overview of Eight-Legged Freaks. Eight-Legged Freaks is a 2002 horror action comedy directed by Ellery Elkayim and written by Elkayim alongside Randy Cornfield and Jesse Alexander. Randy Cornfield! (laughs) Randy fucking Cornfield. Now, here's the thing with Randy Cornfield. He's actually quite a prolific screenwriter, but not in the way you think. He's only really got one movie we're talking about. And, the, and he is best known as the asshole who thought Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad could save Christmas with the 1996 Christmas classic, Jingle All the Way. Let's that fucking movie go. Fucks. That's my Randy Cornfield, movie. open invitation to be on the podcast. You are a legend. You are life. also the great fucking name, man. Randy Cornfield. Randy Cornfield most definitely is not picking up my kids from football practice because I'm a little late. Mm. He's not coming near them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. The next up on the the screenwriting duties here is Jesse Alexander. Now, Jesse Alexander's worked on quite a few well-established television series. uh, But honestly, at this point, who cares about the TV shows when we can highlight that they wrote the screenplay for the Bruce Willis-led PC game Apocalypse, which came out in 1998. Honestly, I have no clue what to say other than that this episode is officially part of Spotlight Games canon. Wow. Um, uh, incredible. Jesse Alexander, come on Spotlight Games. Yeah, go on Spotlight Games. As for Ellery Akayam, leading into the film, he had secured funding from his award-winning short film, Larger Than Life, which essentially is kind of the predecessor to this. It is the or I guess press is the precursor to this. It was another when animals attacks, large giant spider film. And it was unfortunately his career didn't fare well after the release of this film with directorial credits for three films. 
Those films are Return of the Living Dead, Necropolis, Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave, and finally, the unwanted sequel, Without a Paddle, Nature's Calling, starring none other than Hall of Fame wide receiver Jerry Rice. What a catch. (laughs) This is the fucking weirdest overview so far (laughs) of all the episodes we've done. I I never expected Jerry Rice's name to ever be said on this podcast. (laughs) No. Or or just somebody signing off and he's like, all right, guys, Return of the Living Dead Necropolis, major fail. But what if Return of the Living Dead rave to the grave honestly it's weird the the release date for rave to the grave i think was like 2004 2005 (laughs) so here's the thing is like raves were really big in the 90s and then raves came back in like the late 2000s early 2010s right so like who is this movie for like who is this movie for? I, you know what? Really, I I think the only logical explanation is we have to watch that movie. I guess so. Now the story goes oh, as such: after a long absence, Chris McCormick, who's played by David Arquette, returns to his quiet hometown of Prosperity, Arizona, to reopen his late father's gold mines. However, a chemical spill and lethal toxic waste have created an unstoppable army of giant spiders who prey upon the unsuspecting locals turning prosperity into an endless buffet. Now it's up to Chris, Sheriff Sam Parker, her son Mike, Sam's plucky daughter Ashley, the conspiracy theorist Harlan, and a handful of survivors to stop the hairy menace and save the town. But who can stand in the way of the disgusting eight-legged freaks? (laughs) The film stars David Arquette from Screen, Never Been Kissed, and Muppets from Space. (laughs) Carrie Wooer from Anaconda, Thinner, and Beastmaster 2 through the portal of time. Dougie Doug from Cool Runnings and Shark Tale. And finally, Academy Award nominee and actress Scarlett Johansson from every Marvel movie post-Iron Man 2, her marriage story, and Jojo Rabbit. Whoa. That was a shock when I turned the movie on and Scarlett Johansson shows up like, 15 minutes in and i'm like what the fuck how did i not know that she was in this movie and And. let's not forget the synergy black widow oh sure that's what primed her up for that role i have yes yeah i yeah as the credits are like the opening credits are coming through back to back scarlett johansson and matt zucri which i don't know if either of you are familiar with matt zucri came and i know your mother is very familiar with matt zucri because he's on the resident Oh my god! My favorite uh, resident always make its way back on. It's like fucking Trapper John MD. Uh huh. It is, and, but he's also from a show that I love, The Good Wife. Uh, so mm-hmm. a, a young Matt Zucri, a young Scarlett Johansson. This this show or this movie really was bringing the hits. Also, do you guys remember the kid from the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie? Yes, he is in this. He's, he's the kid. He's yeah, all. He's- He's also in Motocross, the Disney film. Yes, I was just plays, about to say that. Which plays oh. into this movie. So you, this movie is a time capsule for the year 2002. Yes, it really Holy is a time shit. capsule for... Yeah, he's he's um, he is the um, uh, line, line, line. He's the he's brother. The Nick, he's, he's the Nick Carter lookalike who's in Not Another Teen Movie who's filming them. And he just has that weird bag and it's making fun of American Beauty. 
Good God. All right. The film runs for an hour and 39 minutes and sports a Rotten Tomatoes score of 47%. You can currently stream the film directly from HBO Max, but as we all know, that could change overnight. So if you're interested in watching or rewatching, you should probably do that soon because it probably won't exist anymore. If you aren't worried about streaming it, you can snag a physical copy from Shout Factory for around $25 on Blu-ray, which is what I unfortunately did last night. It's worth noting that there was a PC game that launched alongside the game in 2002 called Eight-Legged Freaks. Let the squashing begin. Not only that, but immediately after release, it was announced that a sequel was in the works, but apparently no one gave a flying fuck, and they canceled that film. Mike, did you play that game? I totally played that game. Really? Loved that game. That's amazing. Jeez, jeez, jeez. I had had a lot of games where we didn't have internet, but we had the games on the PC. So like um, Civilization, uh, Mm. Age of Empires, A-Legged Freaks was on the docket, and like all the backyard baseball and football games. Of course. That was basically the rotation. Of course. Man, Pablo Sanchez. Oh, Oh my God. Pablo Sanchez, Pete fucking speedy pete also shout out to the pajama sam video games because those were Mm. constantly Mm. on my computer when we didn't like if i wasn't allowed to be on the internet yeah yeah that was a thing too when i was a kid my uncle gave me a floppy disk that had both doom and a floppy disk that had wolfenstein oh wow so i'm like same here this young kid playing fucking Doom on his PC that's on a goddamn floppy disk that my my crazy ass uncle ripped for me and my my dad walked in and was like video games are the devil look at these these demons on screen and that was when I got my first video game privileges revoked as a child yeah. but enough about that why don't we do some initial thoughts so first I want to go ahead and say we said it off the top that Mike actually chose this film. This was a birthday present to Mike was to allow him the ability to choose a movie for us to do. And we thought that this was perfect for that. But it did bring up a good point because one of the big things we do on our mini sods is that we like to cover either incredibly obscure films that we couldn't cover on a normal episode or we normally do homage to trash cinema. In the case of Eight-Legged Freaks, this is an homage to like the 1950s when Monster Attacks films. And so I kind of want to know, obviously, when we get into our initial thoughts, Mike, I kind of want to know what are some of your favorite old school when animals attack movies? Yeah. Uh, Well, first off, thank you. What a birthday present. Um, Reason why I even brought this up, you asked me over the weekend, like, hey, give me some movie ideas or what have you. I'm scrolling through HBO Max. This is just right there on my For You page. Um, brought me back to little old Mike, eight-year-old Mike or what have you, 2002. And I used to, I mean, I still do, but I loved all of Monster Attack movies like, um, let's see, Godzilla 2000, uh, Tremors, um, even like growing up from like my dad's favorite films, like the predators and the alien movies and all that yeah. type of stuff. Jaws. So just loved all those movies. And I remember eight legged freaks was just like when I was a little bit more cognizant and was watching all PG 13 and rated R movies. So um, that's what got me into it. And then HBO max just read me like a friggin' book and just had it on my fair you page. And I was like, this is easy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, Patrick, why don't you uh, kind of do the same? Tell us some of your favorites and what you thought about this. Going in. Yeah. So I saw this movie probably 15 years ago at this point. Uh, and I remember 
at the time just fucking hating this movie not like actively but like just when i was younger i wasn't as much of a fan of this kind of movie uh, as i've become over the last year and some change um but i will i will be honest with with the court here i wasn't looking forward to watching this movie again but i love mike and i said you know what if mike wants it mike gets it uh so those are my initial thoughts but some so some of my favorites mike already said one of them tremors top of the list what oh, a yeah, flick huh? tremors, tremors is. is great kevin bacon at his best in, fred in willard or not uh fred is his name no fred something he just died last year uh i you know i said fred willard because number two on my list willard mm-hmm. which mm, we've talked about on the podcast yeah, before, course, which yeah. at some point in the back of cayman's room there's going to be just a big old willard poster um, a newer one super eight Mm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's one we would ever cover on the podcast. But I remember seeing that in the theater and really, really liking that movie. Uh, and and one that's just so bad, I love it. French film came in. Mm? Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh my god, Brotherhood of the Wolf is such a banger, fucking movie, such a man. banger, but so bad. It's just so bad. It's such a weird movie, man. I love that movie though. It's this is like the only place that you can bring up Brotherhood Wolf and then have like a whole group of the whole audience is like, yeah, man, I'm oh, right yeah, there with yeah, you. Yeah. That movie fucks. Yeah. Um, for me, when it comes to Eight Legged Freaks, like this movie came out when I was, I want to say like in sixth grade, maybe I distinctly remember seeing this in theaters with friends and being absolutely terrified because of the fact that one, I don't like spiders, and two, sure. David Arquette's acting is just something on a different level. But in terms of like animal attacks movies, like obviously we have the classic like King Kong or Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. But man, like let me tell you, some of my favorite actually come in like the 70s with like movies like I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Frogs. Nope. Um, it's <laughs> I'm just, familiar with the animal. Yeah, it's just fucking wild. Yeah, what's but that about? It's about frogs, bro. <laughs> but one that like i do really like i really want to cover on this film there's one there's a film that came out i think in like the early 80s or maybe late 70s called alligator that's the title just Mm. alligator about like a mutant alligator in a sewer obviously that's what it is but the whole film the main character has like a really bad haircut and they address his shitty haircut at least 25 times from the beginning to the end of the movie everyone makes fun of the lead protagonist for his bad hair and I, it makes no sense, but I love it. Also, another one is called Squirm and is set in Georgia. The movie is mm. set in Georgia and it is about worms, about wow. man eating worms. It is wild as shit. But I like I'm a huge fan of this genre. Like I just there's yeah, something sure. about it that just makes me like they're so campy and good. So like oh yeah. Doing this movie I felt like was absolutely apropos for this podcast. And I was very excited to do it. So why don't we get the show on the road? Tell the audience why we were excited or what we thought of the movie and knock this out. So on to the show, everyone. Eight legged freaks. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so first and foremost, we will be spoiling this film outright. So if you are a time traveler who comes from the year 2001 or somehow never saw this movie over the last 21 years, well, guess what? Spoiler alert, this film is about to be ruined. Yes, I know we normally don't do that on minisodes, but the film is of legal drinking age, so you can fuck right off. So let's get fucking started, guys. The Mm. 
opens up with the obligatory toxic waste scene where car almost crashes, a canister of toxic waste gets dumped into a river, and as you can probably imagine, shit hits the absolute camp. I think I think now is a is a moment that we should take a beat Mm -hmm. and and reflect on the lack of toxic waste fallout movies in the year 2023 it just it's not really a thing anymore but i feel like 90s 2000s the side effect of toxic waste was rampant in film and tv and animation it's like everyone had the idea what about if this came in contact with toxic waste what would that do and Mm -hmm. i i kind of want us to come back to that uh soon yeah it's yeah, basically I mean, just like a rubber band of like, okay, I have this crazy monster idea, but how do we make it so it's <laughs> believable in the real world? And it's like, guys, I have this awesome thing in my backseat. It's called toxic waste. You yep. know, my thing here is like, do you think we've had toxic waste incidents where shit like this has happened? And like the government's just hid it from us. Like we've yeah, had Alabama. Like- We've had toxic waste tadpoles, or, or oh, I suppose that's frogs. Uh, so we've already got that movie. But uh, we, and then yeah, I guess Alabama, the entire state is toxic well, waste. You got to consider the film Shrek. Fair, because I mean that is that is a, a a biopic, and how did Shrek become Shrek? Toxic waste. True, true. So I think the it's last... important. I think it's important to point out how all of this shit hits the fan. So obviously the toxic waste, it rolls down the hill, it goes into a river. Things aren't good. It leaks a little bit. But what starts it? And this is where I like the first confusion sets in. Tom Noonan shows up. Mm-hmm. Who, if, if you're not familiar with Tom Noonan, Tom Noonan is like the ultimate creepy guy. Mm-hmm. Who's just like, he's very quiet. He's very reserved. If you've never seen Ty West's House of the Devil, which is like one of my top 10 horror films of all time, Tom Noonan plays like the main antagonist. Dude is fucking terrifying. Yeah. When, like, so he's in the film completely uncredited, which pisses me the fuck off. Unless Tom Noonan was like, I don't want to have my name attached to this, which I guarantee it was that probably so. But so either way, Tom Noonan runs a spider farm where he breeds exotic spiders to sell, which just seems illegal. Yeah, I, I really think, I hope that this movie brought about some legislation to stop spider farms from being a thing, because it just doesn't need to happen. Yeah, yeah it's kind of gross. Any, like, well, one, his best friend is an eight-year-old kid, so just alarm bell. A two, huge alarm bell. Huge. Two, for some reason, he's like, he's like... <laughs> I'm going to get rich off of these spiders. It's like, I just don't, that's, that's just never been the get, get rich quick scheme. And three, this is in Arizona, right? There's a lot of water and ponds right next to this guy's place. I thought there just isn't water in Arizona. (laughs) I mean, that's also probably true, but then again, you got to think this is 2002 and we haven't seen the full effects of global warming. And yeah, Saudi Arabia hadn't bought all of Arizona's water in the year 2002. So true. This was a pre- uh yeah 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 yeah. so either way all of the spiders become mutant spiders they kill tom noonan they also kill his annoying parrot and then david arquette rolls into town apparently david arquette's dad died and for some inexplicable reason david arquette left the town before so his dad runs this gold mine this gold mine dries up everyone's pissed off they build a mall on top of it 
which seems like a huge OSHA violation, which we'll get to in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But like, none of this makes sense to me. Also, <laughs> why does David Arquette have a goatee? Don't do that, so, David Arquette. That is the worst fucking facial hairstyle I've ever seen. But then yeah. again, it is 2002, and goatees were all the rich. Sammy Sosa. Bar well, Sammy Sosa didn't have one, but Barry Bonds had a fucking... <laughs> not Barry Bonds, fucking McGuire. Fucking Jesus. McGuire had a one great for three. goatee. Yeah, yeah, one for three. Just batting 33, which is uh, yeah. not pretty, as good as Sammy pretty Sosa. Good? Pretty good? That's a pretty uh, good batting average, guys. It's pretty good you've seen average, but... the MLB lately. Sure, sure. Oh, I mean, in that time though, everyone was juiced out of their goddamn minds. We should so bring toxic waste. We should bring that shit back. We should be we juicing should. up every baseball player. We should be juicing up for this podcast. Too. Give mm -hmm. them aluminum bats. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna come clean about something. So last <laughs> night I start watching this movie like nearly midnight, which I don't normally start things around midnight. I usually go to bed kind of early, but I'm like, hey, I gotta do this because we're recording in the morning. And I'm watching. And so like my, my focus admittedly in and out totally missed the gold mention at the top of the movie. So in the end of the movie, when David Arquette turns around and there's like gold on the, he's like, there is gold here. I'm like, the fuck? Why, why does this matter to him that there's gold in these, in them Hills? In them Hills. And now, right now I understand why that mattered to him. I do want to point out though, that this I'm pretty sure is the exact plot to we bought a zoo. But then again, I've never seen that movie because I hate Ben Affleck's cousin. Matt Damon. So, yeah, that's yeah. his cousin, right? I think basically. So. Close and, enough. And every single person in this town just apparently decides to they're the they're the life installment of the meme or if it's like keep digging because good things are right or are, are just about to come up next. And if you quit now, you'll never get to the gold. They literally all were just like hands up. We're, we're quitting you. this. And then they all yeah. are like complaining about not having jobs. It's like, I think there is a job right under you. And you guys just bailed. Well, no. And also that brings up a good point that while I do think that spider farms should be illegal, this was natural selection at work. This was mm -hmm. nature course correcting on this deadbeat fucking town. Mm -hmm. And they got some spiders to take them out and reset. Yeah. I mean, it is a real slap in the face. Everything there is natural selection, I assume. Yeah, and a real slap in the face. I just am realizing the joke right now. Haha, ha, 2002. Prosperity, Arizona, and they're just dwindling with money. So there is, sure. there is an irony there. So we're next introduced to pretty much all the other characters. We have the conspiracy theorist, Dougie Doug, from Cool Runnings, the bobsled yep. machine. Uh, he has a lot of issues with getting anally probed by aliens, which... Comes up a lot in this movie. A shame we didn't get a like a prequel on why he's so concerned Afraid, about anal probes. Yeah, I think he's just repressing his want to be anally pro, but that's just me. We also get introduced to the sheriff in town. Uh, she is the mother and subsequent love interest to David Arquette, but she's the mother of the nerdy boy who was friends with Tom Noonan, and she is the mother of, guess what, Scarlett Johansson. And um, also, I don't know if you guys caught it, but Scarlett Johansson's love interest is uh, from Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Matt Zucri, also in Gilmore Girls. That's right. I totally oh, that's who that. you were talking about. Yeah, yeah that's that who you're talking guy. about. He's in Gilmore Girls. I totally uh, forgot about that. He has a lot of moments in this movie that I bet he regrets starring in this film over. Absolutely. Um, so basically, the whole plot here is that David Arquette will not sell the mine to, I think it's the mayor of the town. I don't know. It's some creepy guy. I'm it's pretty a big sure corporation. Big America, basically. Voice acting in The Simpsons or something. I don't know. Either way, so all of these spiders, though, start to 
go into the mine, which David Arquette wants to reopen for some fuck all reason. I guess the gold inside. Uh, but either way, the spiders go inside and they start building a nest inside of the mines. Then they get out and we get our first scene of like what spiders can do to a cat inside of drywall. Do you ever like when you're watching movies from like back then mm. see it like see a pet or even like an old person on screen and just think they're dead. Like there's mm-hmm. no way that thing's still alive because this was 20 years time. ago. That yep. was my first thought when I saw the cat on screen. I was like, oh, rest in peace. All right. Yeah. Pete, Kate, yeah. Caitlin, uh, I was watching with my girlfriend. She instantly got mad at me because she was like, is this cat going to die? And I was like, probably. And then and then I wanted to just tell her, be like, that cat's definitely also dead in real life too probably yeah. so um kind of a double whammy you know yeah, you just I, lost your hinge sponsorship without i will that. say sydney looked at me and she was like that cat's gonna die and then another animal dies and then another there's a lot of animal deaths in this movie so just a fair warning if you <laughs> are unprepared for that there's a lot of animals that die in this movie sydney looks at me and she's like that, that cat because that cat looks like one of our cats she's like that the cat's gonna die and then of course the cat does die it gets its face smashed into the drywall and i was like is this movie kinda- made for 3d and then I said, Sydney, don't be mad at me. Be mad at Mike. Yep. This is Mike's fault, mm-hmm. not my fault. I, I get know. that. The, I haven't seen this the cat, in 20 years. The cat kind of <laughs> holds its own. Like, it has a straight-up fucking smackdown in there. Like, it, 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 like, the spider gets imprinted, too. Like, they're just getting imprinted in a drywall, and then they both get, just get electrocuted, basically. Can we, just, can we point out briefly, though, if you cut that piece of drywall out, you could probably list that. And make a like at least ten thousand dollars as modern art of just a cat's face smashed inside of a piece of drywall. You could die. Sure, yeah, no, well. I'm sure there's an audience there. I'm not the audience. It makes me want to cry, but so we keep we the movie continues. Obviously, there is a spider outbreak and people are starting to catch on. And then we get my favorite scene in the entire film. So Scarlett Johansson and the guy Logan, I remembered his name from Gilmore Girls. They're hanging out in the car. All of his bros are dirt biking. This whole movie is an bowl of dirt bikes for Fox racing. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. So they're sitting in the car. He's copping a field. She doesn't like it. He doesn't take no for an answer, which good for her. So she tases him in the fucking penis. Yep. Mm-hmm. He then pisses all over himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then him and his dirt bike bros get on their dirt bikes. They have a really long chase sequence, which ends with a fuel tanker exploding. A lot of kids being killed on their dirt bikes. Yep. And then Logan escaping and hiding inside of the mines. Then what, the, the, yes. what if I told you, please, it's 1 30 AM, 2 AM. I see Matt Zucri get a little tased to the dinghy and he pisses himself. And I remember we have a taser. Is this real? Did you walk do it? in the other room? Tase myself in the dinghy. Yeah. Pissed everywhere. Oh, was it sexy though? Oh yeah. No, it was. Yeah. It was, so it was it, like, it was, it was really hot. So what I'm hearing is you're taking this new found information to the bedroom. Oh yeah. And to only fans. I I'm announcing today. I'm starting an only fans. I, you know what? Good. Oh, I good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so at this point, we're we're about 40 minutes in. Uh, David Arquette's secretary, who I think is also his aunt, I don't, I don't really fucking know. Uh, <laughs> she gets she gets kidnapped by spiders because apparently what the spiders are doing is they're taking all these living people into the mine shafts. 
and they're presenting them as gifts to the queen spider, which as you can imagine, the queen spider is about 40 times the size as the regular spiders on the movie. Yep. And so we're doing this. Now we get a shot of Scarlett Johansson in a sh- like in a towel. She's coming out of the shower. Get your heads out of the gutter. This is teenage Scarlett Johansson. So yeah, stop really inappropriate. Fucking gross. Yeah, very 18, inappropriate. Though. Honestly. Sure. Do, but here's the thing. This is when when everyone realizes this is we're fucked. There's giant spiders. And now that's fine and all that this scene happens, but I do want to point out she has a POD poster. In her bedroom. Lincoln Park as well. I noticed the Lincoln Park poster. It was at this moment in time when I realized I am old as fuck. Because I had that same fucking POD poster. Did you? I did. She's fucking crazy. Hell yeah. POD ruled. We were both a big POD guy back in the band. Same with Lincoln Park. Love those Park. guys. So, also, I, I hate to break it to you, Mike. I'm pretty sure she was 17 at the time. Oh, boy. She was born in November and the movie came out in July. Gotcha. Well, either way, uh, I mean, not cool. Everybody get their head out of their gutter. But this movie <laughs> knew what they were doing with the spider directly just uh, covering her, covering her with its uh, web. web. Yes. Web. Yeah. Wildly inappropriate. Did Harvey wildly. Weinstein produce this film? Do we Let's know? See. A Warner Bros. Was he a Warner Bro? No, he was a Miramax, I think. Okay. Then I think his his grubby little grabbers weren't on this one well that just goes to show that most people in hollywood are fucking disgusting perverts yeah so it's at this point everyone knows that everything's a fucking shit show and i do want to point out that and i can't explain this but i'm curious if the two of you feel the same way this movie feels like an on-rails shooter that you would play in an arcade when you were a kid It, it is and i'll tell you why it's the C, like the the quality of the CGI of these spiders look like it, it, because yeah. I mean it's 2002, right? But like sure. there were movies that came out around that time that looked really fucking good with animation and CGI, and this is not one of them. And and it looks like the fucking arcade. You know what's dep- okay, so, okay, so uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but we would have gotten Lord of the Rings what the year after this. Is that correct? Uh, the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings came out every year that the Patriots were winning the Super Bowls. Okay, the so first one was wasn't so like the first one two thousand one. It was oh one to oh four. They came yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, and wow. so okay. the first one came out before this. Okay, so Tom Brady has some black magic. That's why he was so good during those years. Yeah, Tom Brady is from mm-hmm. Minas Morgul. Fucking mm-hmm. elves. Um, okay, so here's the, here's the thing that I want to point out. I feel like it's very important. This film was budgeted. $30 million, right? You shut the fuck up. 100%. Back then? Back then. $30 million to make this movie. Okay, you ready for this? Over three, over a third of the budget was just to make spiders. Wow. And, and they look like And you like know what that. they did? And you know what they did? They basically were like, hey, remember that scene in Jumanji? Let's rip off those spiders. Yeah. And they did it bad. They did it bad. The CGI does not hold up in this film. Oh, but a timeout though. On um, right where we are at, when like the spider, like when it starts becoming like an on the rails basically movie of just shooting spiders and stuff. (laughs) The uh, mama sheriff cop, she is in her own house and she breaks her own break in case of emergency glass shotgun that -hmm. just blatantly has a a handle on it, and she just just breaks her own glass. And I just thought that was just yeah, that was amazing. Also, I've got several of those hidden around my house. 
that just gun cabinets in, gun no no break in case of and oh, sometimes sure. it's a gun sometimes it's a handle of whiskey you know who knows what you're gonna find inside of one of them sometimes they're just empty so Dude, you know is the glass uh, tinted so you don't even know what, yeah, what it it's is it's a mystery and that's the thing is if you're like if it's a home invasion in my house and you have to break one of those it's a it's a gamble which yeah. i think it makes any home invasion more exciting I'm a gambling man. $30 million in 2002 is equivalent to $49 million today. I hate that. Which I, doesn't I mean, sound like that much money. I would have expected it to be like a billion. Here's the thing. It's we like, don't see like LeBron's movies. salary. We don't see movies like this anymore in terms of budget, right? So the reason that is is because Hollywood essentially is like, we either make massive budget things that are going to make a billion dollars, or we're going to make like movies that are worth like five to 10 million that hopefully we can make double that back that, that medium range. That was like the big issue with Deadpool, right? Like the first Deadpool I think was like 50 million. And it was like, that was a huge risk to have a $50 million movie because it's not with that budget. They don't think that it's big enough for it to be a blockbuster, but it's not small enough for you to be able to take a risk on it. Right. Sure. So that's kind of like bloom houses. <laughs> Like bread and butter is like we make ten million dollar movies and we make fifty mil back. That's yeah. how we continue mm-hmm. to produce. We don't see movies, so it is a time capsule in a lot of ways because I do think it's also a time capsule for just the way that like movies were made back when we were in you know elementary school to mm-hmm. middle school, and that's pretty fucking dope. Yeah. And they don't like like the way you're saying. Like nowadays when they do do, let's say the 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever million dollar budget, it's usually for a guy who's made a couple of really good heaters and they're like, let's give him the keys to the kingdom for some type of like Oscar. Like we think this might be Oscar buzz and they always just blow it usually. Yeah. And back then it's like, let's just give this no name dude $30 million right off the jump to make this spider movie. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So so at this point, they all the, the sheriff, the the kids, and the David Arquette, they all show up to the conspiracy theorist Dougie Doug's home or his trailer, where he has a pirate radio station that's all about aliens and getting butt fucked. And so they jump all in, right? They come into the thing, they make an announcement. Everyone gets to the mall. So at this point, everyone then goes to the mall because they get attacked by spiders and ever there's a few big ass shootout. They all end up in the mall. So now we're in a mixture, and this is what I like. We're in a mixture of The Blob, we're in the mixture of Dawn of the Dead, and we're a mixture of Empire of the Ants, which is like giant ant movie, right? Mm, From the mm-hmm, 50s. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, the ant or the spiders can just break into the mall, which they do. So what is the next logical move, guys? Everyone get to the basement. This is where logic is thrown out the window to me. Why the fuck would you go? To, one, one. Why would you go to a basement? Two. Are there mall basement malls? Is that a thing that exists? A basement mall? Two thousand two, huge year for basements. Some some people say that basements peaked in the year two thousand two. So I think it just it's logical to assume that this basement or this mall had a basement. Post nine eleven, everyone had a basement. Even yeah, I mean we were we were ten months removed at this point. So Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus. So. So at this point, everyone's getting all crazy. David Arquette decides that he's going to go up on top of the mall. Him and Dougie Doug. They're going to go up on top. They're going to get on an antenna. And they're going to somehow... What? Do some Say that word again? An antenna. Antenna. Antenna? What, did, what is the... Oh, how do you say it? Antenna? Though? Fuck off. Rum. 
We'll go roommates. I got roommates. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Either way, they climb up on top of this giant metal obelisk. Wait, does Mike say roommates? Is that why? Yeah, he says rum. Roommates of fucking boss. My room. Let's hear it. Stupid. You're in your room? in my bedroom. He's in his bedroom. Uh, and what's uh, what's overhead? Is my. it the roof or the roof? Oh, come on. It's the roof. Okay. Okay, so he says that right. Good. So either way, they all climb up top, whatever. They're trying to get access to people so that they can get help to come I don't think they actually succeed. Either way, Dougie Doug jumps off the roof, lands in some bushes, and survives. Either way, giving enough distraction for David Arquette to escape and somehow get his ass to the basement. Here's a question. Yes. Going back to the antenna, do we think David Arquette... <laughs> do we think in the year 2023, because that's where we are now, Cayman, if someone... Do you think so much weird shit has happened in the world today? That if someone is on top of an antenna and they call us and they say that there's a bunch of giant spiders, mm-hmm. do we think we believe them in the year 2023? Or are we crack still cocaine. not? 100% that's a crack cocaine call. Okay. I just wonder. That call. I, 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 I wondered if maybe we've reached a point. I mean, we lived through a pandemic. Fucking a bunch of shit's happened in, in 21 years. Let's not know if maybe we would believe uh, a spider call today i mean you know, maybe not I mean, maybe not there are some really big spiders though like in america like those goddamn spiders that go up in the trees and kill birds or those japanese crazy crab spiders that are like 12 feet long like i don't sure. know if those things got out of the water i would flip out there's a 12 foot long spider spider there's crab no like technically like, crab. there's no fucking way i was like there's no way there's a 12 foot messed spider. up a fucking thing i don't like that at all get it out of here i don't like largest spider insects. in the world is 11 inches in length and weighs Ugh. six ounces. No, sir. I hate all of this. Stop it right now. Commonly so way, known as the Goliath bird eater. I think, okay. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's the, okay, oh God, stop with this talk. Here's the thing. What about a camel spider? You ever see those? Good like out God. in Afghanistan that like attacked the mongooses? I just want to, I just want to point out that before we started this episode, I said no rankings of spiders, guys. And here we are ranking the biggest spiders. We're, We're not ranking. You're... <laughs> all right it goes get number one goliath spider <laughs> fucking christ <laughs> all right so here we go apparently the basement is also connected to the mines this is the osha violation i'm talking about sure. there's no way that there's stability here there is no way in hell that osha would be like it is okay for you to put a mall on top of empty non-active gold mine yeah also also add it to the list of movies we've covered on Save Trash Cinema featuring mines. Add it to the mm. list. I mean, there's add like it. three or four at this point. I think you're correct there. Yeah. Yeah. The Burning was one. Um, obviously, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. This movie, there's probably at least seven more. They're probably all directed by Fred Olin Ray. Yep. <laughs> so they all go into the mine and then they are like, oh, shit. Guess what? This is terrible because Logan's here and. No one wants this Gilmore Girls piece of shit in this. Piss all over Ooh, his Brad pants. Brad is still oh. all over his pants. So either way, so they get down there, and everyone escapes besides David Arquette. This is the point of the movie where I think I lost any sort of knowledge about what was happening. But either way, David Arquette, he saves his aunt secretary, um, and then they're attacked by a giant spider queen. So he's, And someone correct me if I'm wrong here. He sprays cologne in its face? Yeah, because the little kid earlier was like, they hate uh, Tommy Hilfiger cologne, basically. Do they, though? Do we know. know if spiders don't like that? 
I don't. I, I mean, if anyone knows, that little BS. fucking nerd knows. Oh, that little fucking nerd probably knows more than he's letting on too. Either way, free crime. He's wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So okay. before we get back to the spraying, little Matt Zucri, Gilmore Girls, the oh, resident. Back on Matt Zucri. Well, have you been calling him Logan this whole time? It's his name in the show, bro. His name is Brett. In the show, his name is Logan and Gilmore Girls. His oh, name is Brett in the movie. Okay, no, no one you got cares me. about his name in the movie. You got me red-handed. I forgot do his name think was Logan. Anyone, do you think anyone remembers Matt Zucri and they're like, eight-legged freaks? No, they remember him as the sultry, self-deprecating, sure. self-flagellation Logan from Gilmore Girls. That's what they own from, bro. Sure. No, they you, you got me red-handed. bow, bro. You got me right-handed. This was a me mistake. I, I just thought this was one of the classic Caymans getting all the names in the movie wrong. I mean, that's probably also true, but in this case... The names don't matter. Let's names don't matter in Eight-Legged Free. Also, but the reason I... So I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. I just realized Rob Paulson. We're familiar with his work. Rob Paulson, Animaniacs, fucking uh, mm-hmm. Pinky in the Brain. He is a voice of various spiders in this movie. Good God. I bet he was higher credited than fucking Tom Noonan, too, which is bullshit. Frank Welker, <laughs> wasn't he Scooby-Doo? Potentially, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Get, get anyways, back on, back on anyways, anyways, they spray him in the face. They take off on their dirt bike. Once again, more dirt bikes. Bust ass out of the mine. Somehow, I think they light a cigarette or uh, shoot a gun. I don't know. Either way, it blows the mine up, uh, <laughs> killing all of the spiders. And then, uh, and then the movie ends with a cavalcade of people showing up because guess what? Cops are all conspiracy theorists and have been listening to pirate radio, which this is the most accurate thing the entire film does is that these cops are all fucking weirdos who are probably there on January 6th at the, Love it. At the fucking Capitol. So, you know, they were the spiders. This is a precursor. So this is when we roll credits in this movie. And, uh, let me tell you, it was, a. Uh, it was a movie. I was watching the movie. I text Patrick. I said, Patrick, are you getting a lot of uh, David De- uh, David Duchovny and Orlando Jones evolution vibes from this movie? And he said yes. And I said, would you rather watch that instead of this movie? And he said yes. And I said, that's fair. Yeah. So this brings so, us... <laughs> like, when are we doing evolution on this podcast? Hopefully soon. I actually just ordered a copy, so... Good. Whoops. Uh, so this brings us to the end of the episode where we ask the, ca- the question, save it or can it? Save this film, can this film, final evaluations. You know the drill. You listen to this fucking show. I don't need to explain this anymore. So we'll start off with you, Mike, the person who brought us this movie. Would you save it or would you can it? Ah. Oh, man. To get my Tony Romo out. Uh, I don't know, Cayman. Um, <laughs> you brought, you made us watch this movie and you're like, can it? I don't like it anymore. <laughs> well, the first... I, I, the first 30 minutes, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is what I remember. And then it's just like we get it. These spiders are just running around. You can't catch the spiders. They look terrible. Um I don't know. I feel like I feel like I should save it because it's my movie, but also none of you have to see this movie. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for me, this is it's a save with an asterisk and the asterisk is only watch this movie. If you're actively doing something else too, like yeah. this movie is, I don't think this movie is good enough to sit down and give it your full attention. Sure. But like maybe you're cleaning the house. Maybe you're doing some laundry. Maybe you're tasing your own dinghy. Like if you're just doing something else while watching this movie, in that case, save it. 
if you just, you know, oh man, I really want to just sit down, have a nice fucking bevy, get some snackies, a little salty popcorn, something like that, and just be brought into a creature feature. This ain't the one, my no, friend. This ain't the no. one. <laughs> I can't. That, so that so so it's like I I I think there is an argument for saving and canning this movie. It just depends on your uh, it depends on your intentions. Yeah. So I kind of feel the exact same way that both of you do uh, about this movie. This movie is twenty minutes too long. Like this movie might just, be forty minutes too long. Yeah, I would say this movie is forty minutes too long. It's just too. It's just too long. I don't know why this movie is an hour and forty minutes. Like this yeah. just fuck makes no sense to me. I think a nice hour twenty. If there was like a better cut of this, like maybe it'd be more entertaining. But yeah, I mean, like like to Mike's point though, it definitely just it loses its muster about yeah. halfway through, and you're like, all right, I kind of can figure this. I kind of understand what this movie is about and what's going to end up happening in the next, you know, hour. And guess what? Spot on. Because I literally looked down. I was like, I have an hour left of this movie. I was like, I'm pretty sure we've covered all beats at this point. Um, to, to, but to Patrick's point, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's still there's still fun to be had here. It's not like it's not. It's a time capsule for the early 2000s. If you mm-hmm. want to be nostalgic about that, if you want to be nostalgic about when every kid named Trevor or Kyle had a dirt bike at your school and that you weren't rich enough to have a dirt bike, so you just had to watch them ride a dirt bike. And this is the perfect movie for you. Yeah. It'll bring back all those feels about yeah. childhood poverty. Yep. And, and um, wishing. So, yeah. Wishing so, I don't had. know. I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to give it a save with an asterisk as well because I do think it's like it is one where there's fun to be had, but like it definitely is one of those where if you got nothing else to put on or it's a lazy Sunday and you're kind of doing chores around the house, like popping on the TV, pop your eyes over, you don't need to give it your full attention, but there's still like it's still enjoyable, I think, enough that you could do that. I feel like the the thing that saves it for me is the amount of nostalgia of early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's also, a, it, it was fun of seeing anal that kind of probing. Yep. So many anal probing jokes which are always fun. Yep. Always fun. So I think that sums it up for us boys. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and share the hell out of it. Your friends, loved ones, the worst of enemies. Honestly, word of mouth is key here and we are beggars also. Fuck Keith. If you're interested in video games, check out our sister podcast, the Spotlight Games Podcast, and all your favorite streaming services. We also stream live every Tuesday on Twitch at 8 p.m. Eastern. So join us live then. Also, if you're interested in TV shows, guess what? We got a new fucking podcast just for you called Spotlight TV. Episodes go live every Tuesday on all of your, or sorry, every Wednesday on all of your favorite streaming platforms. We're currently covering The Last of Us on HBO, so you don't want to miss out on these episodes because it is going to be fantastic we literally just watched last night the first episode and uh, let me tell you that <laughs> show fucks so you want to hear all of our thoughts on that check us out on wednesdays in the meantime you can follow me at kid came and patrick where can they follow you they can follow me on twitter at patrick swag beautiful mikey mike boston mike where can they follow you birthday boy mick dagger two r's let's fucking go you can follow our sister podcast at spot games pod on twitter you can follow us at Spot Games Pod on Instagram, as well as Spot TV Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, God damn it, I need a day off from recording shit. That's it for me, folks. That's it for these two assholes. Remember, fight big box office. Save trash cinema. Save trash cinema.